The following recording is a production of Kicking Out at Two in conjunction with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and is intended for private use only. For more information, head on over to facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two or our Twitter handle at kicking out two, along with searching Retromania with a W on any and all podcast platforms available to listen to archive shows such as this and all the great content of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Evergreen content at your fingertips anytime at your listening pleasure. And with that being said, we thank you for listening and hope you enjoy the show. We end 2022 with a special request here on Kicking Out at Two as we're going to be watching WWF this Tuesday in Texas from 1991, December the 3rd, 1991. Over 30 years that event took place. We're going to watch it with all of you here on Kicking Out at Two, the last Kicking Out at Two of 2022. And joining me, for this special watch along. Thanks to longtime listener Nick Opaluski, by the way. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, always appreciate your input on uh, content to watch on Kicking Out of Two, as well as the rest of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. But joining me, as always, um, well, actually, no, it's been a while since you've been on this program. Uh, um, my good buddy, my dearest, close, personal, longtime friend, my oldest friend. Uh, we actually watched, the last time we did this, we watched SummerSlam 1991. Uh, a little over a year ago, um, which is one of our top downloaded shows. So uh, you should be very proud of that. Dean Yolandis, what's up, buddy? Thank you so much for having me again, Dave. And hello to all your listeners. And uh, thank you again for having me. Let's let's uh, get it in the way. Let's do this. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're not going to give you all the cheap plugs because you know where to find us. You better know where to find us. And if you don't know where to find us, then the opening uh, the, the, the opening promotional consideration paid for by the following uh, is, should tell you where uh, where you can find Kicking Out of Two. But you go to the Peacock, you go to the Cock, and uh, you search This Tuesday in Texas. Um, it runs 1 hour, 33 minutes, and 25 seconds. And when I say play, press play from time to time. We're going to jack up the audio. Uh, and uh, when it, you know, just in case you know, we need to um, you know document something that's taking place, like a promo, some promo shit like that. You know, actually, I might even do that for um, this uh, this opening part here. It's uh, Mean Gene Okerlund following the Undertaker Survivor Series victory over Hulk Hogan. This was the this Tuesday in Texas pay per view. It was like an experiment to add another pay per view to the schedule. Um, just after Survivor Series, so uh, this is this is the event that sets the table for the 1992 Royal Rumble, which we'll discuss later as we, we go back and watch it. So find find the um, find this Tuesday in Texas, one hour 33 minutes 25 seconds on the Peacock, and when I say play, press play. Audio is going to be up, so mute yours and uh, let's let's do the thing. You ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right, buddy. Three, two, one, play. Here in the catacombs, in the bowels, if you will, of Joe Louis Arena, where I have finally found the new World Wrestling Federation champion. Props to me, Gene, one of the greatest announcers ever. Yes. You cannot sure. be happy with the decision of President Jack Tunney ordering the rematch this Tuesday in Texas with your man, The Undertaker, facing the immortal Hulk Hogan. Oh, Mr. Okerlin, nothing is immortal. Not even Hulkamania! Hulkamania died right here this very evening! Oh, yes! And I miss the characters Mr. like Paul Bearer. Yes. Paul Bearer was a good one. Almost immediately, but not 
very fitting for the Undertaker character, of course. Oh, holy longer. Yes, right in the embalming room of my funeral parlor. And sometime between now and Tuesday, we will eviscerate him. Oh, yes, eviscerate his bluing flesh. Oh, that's Stanton. We warned you what was in store for Hulk Hogan. And now, Mr. Okerlund, let me enlighten you what we have in store for Hulkamania. Look into the coffin. You look, Mr. Okerlund. Look. Hulkamania. It died in Survivor Series. <laughs> face. Now, the only thing left is this Tuesday the burial wow very ominous way to begin the program uh, as we, uh, we we go forth with this Tuesday in Texas here on the Peacock if you will um, chosen by Nick Opelowski uh, so yeah it's, it's very fitting December uh, the last kicking out at two of 2022 uh, as we watch this pay-per-view event. Um, let me ask you, Dean, uh, you don't watch a whole lot of wrestling these days. Have you caught any wrestling at all in 2022? Uh, very, very briefly. Very, very briefly. Very briefly. Okay, what, what, have you, what have you seen? What have you uh, watched? What has caught your eye um, of the wrestling that you did? Nothing that much, to be honest with you. It's the old stuff that resonates with me. Okay, yep. Really. Like, like, like what I cover on this podcast. It's Basically, all the old stuff, man. It's it's nostalgia city for me. Yeah. I mean, even. Um, I mean, know. it's so nostalgic. The last time I was at your house, which was just recently, you still have a fucking VCR. Yes, I do. Actually. You have not yes, gotten with the times. Oh, I'm definitely with the times. I just like to stay with the old times and also the new. Times. Oh, okay. All right. So you like. Uh, so you travel Respect back. Respect to time. the old school. Okay. While living in the new school. Okay. All right. I can. I can, I, I can appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I can yeah. appreciate that. When was the last time you used your VCR? Oh, okay. That's. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. Definitely okay. been a while. Okay. Definitely been a while. All right. I must give praise to the greatest my opinion again the greatest announcing team of all time yeah really i i i the brain yeah I'm, I'm with you there i think uh the as, old, go, the as good as jim ross and, and jerry lawler were during their time bobby heenan and gorilla had chemistry like no others we see the hitman bret hart making his way down to the ring for the opening match against skinner the, for the intercontinental championship quite the, quite the matchup i definitely think so the opening is amazing. You got Gene Mean Gene. Gene Mean. As Iron Cheek would say. Yeah, Gene Mean. Going into Gorilla and Bobby Heenan. Good Lord. Okay, we got the Hitman. IC Champ. Yep. Ready to go. Ready to go. Not long after defeating Mr. Perfect at that SummerSlam that we watched um, for the Intercontinental Championship. I got a question to ask you. Oh, what's um, you, you, you watch a fair amount of older stuff, shoot interviews, things Sorry. like that. Have you been following in the news lately? Um, the comments that Bret Hart has made towards Goldberg. I have not seen that. I've seen some of the stuff of Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Hitman was great and amazing, and I wish um, uh, I wish he knew that. I I feel like he feels like he didn't get his just due, and I think he's he's. I I, staple in I I think he knows that he's great. I just think he wishes that he had a better ending 
to his in-ring career than he did, which I understand, you know, from his standpoint. He's, his career was, his in-ring career was taken away from him um, due to a mistake. Uh, Goldberg has apologized multiple times um, publicly. And from what I've heard in person to Brett, Regarding the, the the incident, do you you know you know what I'm talking about? I definitely know what you're talking about. Okay, it was the kick to the head yep. that sent him back. That Starcade, yep, the, okay. the Starcade in 1999. Yeah. Um, so it was, um, it was unfortunate because, you know, Brett's exit from WWF with the screw job, and then not long after that, um, you know, his his arrival in the WCW, his his character. His presence on TV and WCW wasn't um, what we would have expected of Bret Hart. Um, he definitely deserved more. WCW mishandled the way Bret Hart was portrayed. Um, and then once they start, once I felt like they were starting to get on track, where he was a focal point of the show and he wasn't just a a background character, uh, things were cut short with the the kick by Goldberg. So, um, but I I mean personally, I'll be honest with you. I think he needs to let it go. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. What? How do you think? Um, coming off the biggest screw job ever, or biggest work? We really don't know. Could well, be the biggest work. You know what? How do you that, think WCW handled that? Uh, let, let, Him, me, let me let me get, let me let me offer a cheap plug here, my friend, because a couple of months back, um, actually not too long ago, probably about a, over a month ago, um, we discussed that in the archives, marking out the days. What if? The Montreal Screwjob was a legitimate work. What if it was an elaborate storyline and Brett never left the WWF? There's all kinds of different creative scenarios and possibilities that Kobe and myself had discussed. You can find that in the archives. It's one of our most downloaded shows right now at Retromania. So I, if, if, if you're looking to go down the rabbit hole a little bit and, and get your creative juices flowing, I suggest you hit the download button. What if... Marking out the days. Uh, Montreal Screwjob being a work. Go find it in the archives. But I'm sorry. Your question... Um, did I just totally uh, throw you off there? No, 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 no. Uh, plug away, my friend. Plug okay. away. But I mean, it just seems like uh, I do think sometimes it was a work, which is great. And if it wasn't a work, they should play it off like a work. But coming off of this WWE or WWF at that time, wrong. Going into WCW after that whole big event, why didn't they capitalize? On Bret Hart being Bret Hart. They brought him as a referee. They brought Why wouldn't you capitalize on Bret Hart? So, all right. So, I'm not against the idea that they brought him him in as a referee. Given the fact that that he left the WWF because the referee rang the bell. And he didn't submit. Okay? So, kind of playing off of that, I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have with... With it was what took place moving forward. Brett Brett's role in the finish at Starcade against Hogan and Sting, which we've approached the 25 year anniversary of that um, this month. Um, his role in that, he was kind of pushed off to the side. You know, if you go back and you watch that Starcade finish, Hogan drops the big leg, he goes for the cover. Referee Nick Patrick, there's some controversy surrounding whether he was supposed to make a fast count. Whatever the case may be, Brett's involvement in the match, then because he was in a referee, 
in the Larry Zabisco Eric Bischoff match. That sets it that that sets his involvement in the finish to Sting and Hogan. Nothing came of that with Brett. They pivoted him to Ric Flair. And it was like they wanted to get the match with him and Flair out of the way. Um, because it was a highly talked about, I wouldn't say dream match. Well, maybe you could say it was a dream match. Even though it happened in the WWF a couple of times towards the end of Flair's tenure in 92. Um, Brett and Flair was a marquee matchup that WCW was was looking to, to put on and promote. And I feel like Brett... Brett still had some unfinished business with the NWO. Like, they could have ran Brett against the NWO leading up to Hogan, maybe at the next Starcade, and Brett would have had plenty of guys to go through. And Brett could have been the, the, the guy that really helped single-handedly destroy the NWO from within, if you if you look at it from a, from a storyline perspective. Absolutely. Um Brett's Brett Brett's creative, I think, was was mismanaged to the point where they even put him in the NWO a couple of times. He was with him. He wasn't with him. He wasn't this. in the NWO at one point. Yeah, exactly. I think it was everybody. Right? I mean, uh, yeah, there were a lot of people in the NWO. Then there was an LWO, and then there was an NWO Wolfpack, and completely watered down. From you know what? I I yes, I could see. All right, so here's the argument. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. NWO watered down. Okay. We're really going off the rails here as we're watching this match. Um, NWO watered down. But you had, on the WWF side, you had the popular group in DX. They were what all the young kids wanted to be, you know, telling their parents to suck it and, and, and everything else. And then you had the NWO Wolfpack, which was like the cool group, like Kevin Nash and Macho Man and Conan. And, you know, they were, they were like the counter to, to, to WWF and DX. And the NWO name was still popular. It was still selling merchandise. So I could understand from that regard that they were looking to capitalize on the brand itself. But at the same time, you split them up into two groups. It, 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 I can see why people would think it was watered down. Uh, at one point, like I said, Brett was in the NWO and then he was the leader of one of the NWOs. It was, it was a, you know, his, his run was a catastrophe um, in, in WCW. And... He's even said, I should have never left. I should have worked it out with Vince. I wanted to end my career in the WWF. That's the way it should have been. Um, now, what do you think about Brett's... You know, Brett's got a lot of bitterness. And some of it's right... You know, some of it's rightfully so. You know, he deserves to feel that way. But, you know, anytime you hear a Bret Hart interview, there's like a Rolodex of guys that he's got sure. an issue with. Sure. Hogan. Bischoff, Goldberg, Shawn Michaels. He he needs to find healing. Yes. And he really needs to chill out and really be appreciative for the and understand you know his statement or what he gave to the business, who he is. I think he's taking from whatever legacy he. Oh, left. the alligator claw to the throat. Sorry to interrupt. No words. No words. Alligator claw to the throat is never a good thing. Nope. Mister Skinner. That's right. How did Skinner, on a side note, how did Skinner wrestle with, what is that, tobacco in his mouth? I don't know. I mean, God, I hope How did not. he not choke on it? Look at his pants stains. I hope not. He's got tobacco all over his pants right now. How did he not choke? Okay, props to Skinner. I don't know. How, I don't know how, I mean, how, how could you? And now there's not one tobacco mark on Bret Hart, so he didn't even get it on his opponent. Look at that. Look at that. 
Not one drip on his it's opponent. Probably all I'm his impressed. Beard, though. That's a pretty I'm big impressed. beard. I'm impressed by that. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Completely random comment. But I just think um, Brett should find healing because he made such a staple, I think, in the business. He was a staple to the WWF. And just really find that healing and realize the contributions you made. If you're bitter at everybody else, maybe it's time Bret Hart looks at Bret Hart. Yeah. You know? I think it, I think he needs to take some responsibility else. for his, for his contributions that led to some of the negative um, the, the negative things that had happened to him. I mean, he was no victim in the whole thing with Shawn Michaels uh, that led to Montreal. You know, him and Shawn had bad blood. In Hartford, yeah, if that, I'm not mistaken. That's right, in Hartford. That, that straight up fight. fist fight. Yeah, right? that's right. Hartford Civic Center. Yeah, they, 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 they represented Hartford out. well known. I mean, Hartford's known for, 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 for its fair share of, uh, of melees, um, even currently to this day. Nice. Um, Hartford police definitely earning their paycheck um, with all the murders that have taken place, but nothing quite like the locker room fight between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in June of 97. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think that there needs to be some accountability on his part. I, I do agree. But one thing, and I've said this before, and I don't know if I've ever told you this story, that really bothered me about him was after Roddy Piper died, he did an interview with someone, I don't remember who it was, and... They were talking about Piper, and they asked him a question, and his answer was totally irrelevant to the question that they were asking. I forget exactly what the question was, but um, Brett responded with, um, I bet you Hogan's happy that Piper's dead so he can take all the heat off of him for being a racist. And it wasn't like three weeks before that Hogan, you know, it was revealed that Hogan, you know, you know, drop the hard R in that in that audio, that sex tape. Um, what do you think about that? That comment there. Not Hogan, obviously. We know that that's wrong. But Brett's Brett kind of shoehorning Hogan into something that he was not even, you know. Like, to, to, to say that someone wishes that another person was dead or implied that someone else wishes that another person was dead. I mean, that to me is like the epitome of Brett's bitterness right there. Absolutely. Once again, Brett, I hope you find the healing that you need. It's uh, take some accountability, but as as well as that, you really don't have the right to speak for someone else. Um, and also, what's sad to me is Roddy Piper was at his father's wrestling, right? Stamp. He was in Canada. P- Piper, Piper, Piper had done time. some work. Yeah, Piper had been everywhere, but Piper so, had a run in Stampede for right. a little bit. Not, um, I don't think he was a well-known name, but I'm sure. I think Piper ran through there at one point. So, I mean, it was it, there's history there. Yeah. So you you have a history there. You have a connection. You have a closeness there between Brett and Rowdy Piper, which is why the interview was there. Yeah. And I think the fans wanted your input of what happened with Piper, maybe some good stories on Robbie Piper, not to take it on a negative. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I, I, I just think... Um, Speaking of Stampede, I finally watched some of that Tales of the Territories of the Calgary Stampede episode. Oh, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of it. it. It was pretty funny, some of the, some of the stories that they talked about. What they did to... Uh, what was the big guy's name? Uh, Andre? No, no... Uh, I got to the part where I think I stopped watching after um, I got to the part where I think Abdullah 
Brett was telling the story about how he, he, he was smartened up to the business after he kicked Abdullah in the in the stomach or in the back when he was wrestling his father. I don't want to spoil it, but they had a rib. I don't know if you got to the rib yet where they would rib the wrestlers. I forgot what it was called. But they would have one of the guy's wives pretend to be all over. No, I didn't get to that Did you part. Get that? No, I'll, then I'll, I'm not gonna ruin it. Right, yeah, I laughed out loud. I'll definitely it, yeah. check out. The Abdul the butcher check stuff was pretty first. neat. Like where where he ran through Calgary and talked about how like he would when he would order dinner at a restaurant or whatever he would like speak in like this gibberish. And the waitress finally was like, I know you can talk. Don't worry. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> like, that was pretty good. And then the story about Stu, kid broke into the house or broke into one of his cars, tried to steal his car, and Stu stretched him in the kitchen and then called the kid's parents and then gave him a job. Like That, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Of, of Stu. Yeah. That was for sure cool of Stu. Stu sounds like he was the kind of guy you didn't want to mess with. There's sure. Stu's on that short count on one hand list of guys that nobody fucked with in the business. Between him, Haku, Harley Race, like those three right there off the top of my head are probably like three guys that like universally nobody messed with. They were universally respected for their toughness and what they contributed to the business as we see Brett um, delivering the sharpshooter to Skinner. Sharpshooter time. To put this match away and the finish. And your winner and still World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion, Brett the Hitman Howard. So side... That was my Howard Finkel. (laughs) That was a good one. That was all right. Side note. You mentioned all the tough guys. Stu Hart versus Haku. Who would win? Dream match. Ooh. I mean, it would be a dream for people to watch these two kill each other. My goodness. Let's have your listeners chime in on this one, we too. Could, yeah, we could. Uh, three guys in a bar fight. Stu, Harley Race, and Haku. Who's walking out? Um, each one presents, like, this different, like, brand of toughness to them. As we see Jake the Snake Roberts here getting ready for his match with Randy Macho Man Savage. Um, Jake looks pretty cut up here. He does. He looks pretty right. good. Let's play the audio for this. Let's definitely do that. Earlier I saw business. the Macho Man and his lovely bride Elizabeth. Randy Savage is wired to the max. He cannot wait to get you into the ring. So what? As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. Randy Savage, the last time I seen you, you were flailing like some helpless child, drowning. Drowning from what? Drowning from the very poison that was running through your veins after that snake had chewed on that arm. For some time he did chew. Now you look at my eyes, Randy Savage, and you see two black holes in the sky. But you look at that snake eyes and you'll see something so cold and so devilish and so deliberate. Yes, he takes care of what he has to, does what he has to, just like me. Your eyes, your eyes weren't even there, man. You were out, you were gone. But you know whose eyes I enjoy the most? <laughs> Do you? Elizabeth's. Pupils so small, so intent, so scared for the man that she loved. And what a rush I got, man. Up and down my back, it felt so good. My hair felt like it was tingling. I mean, I had goosebumps all over my body listening to you squeal. For a man that could not do anything but flail around and couldn't help himself at all, you know. And see, the thing about Jack Tunney barring the snake from the corner, let me tell you something, Jack Tunney. 
When I was brought into this world, I could not rob, I could not steal, I could not lie, I couldn't even cheat. But boy, did I have some help learning. You have taught me so well. So you see, it is not my fault anything that I do out there. You have given me the right to. You have almost pushed the button to make me do it. You have pulled the trigger. So anything that I do is your fault. Snake in the corner, trust me. Trust me. Let's go to Gene Okerlund. My you know, opinion, I can't the best ever and sold that business so well. Yep. Sold an angle. I don't think anybody sold an angle like Jake. I mean, he was he was damn good. That's for sure. Uh, I like the foreshadowing how he, you know, he was like, you know, it's your fault what's going to happen out there. It, it, you know, you're the one that's going to make me do it. Um, this was stemming from the incident at SummerSlam following Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth's um, nuptials as uh, Jake and Undertaker invaded the wedding and the Cobra came out of the box and they reinstated Savage and then Savage was attacked and the Cobra bit him and um, all hell broke loose. This was uh, this was a really fun angle and one that I felt didn't get the proper payoff. Um, okay. I mean, I as a kid expected Randy Savage, Jake the Snake, WrestleMania 8, like in a cage or something. Something huge. And don't get me wrong, I'm I don't I'm not I'm not against Savage and Flair for the title. Even though Hogan and Flair I felt would have been the bigger matchup at that WrestleMania. I thought WrestleMania 8 was going to be one of the greatest of all time with Hogan and Savage, Flair and Jake maybe in a cage, Undertaker and Sid, um, you had Bret and Piper, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty was another match that was rumored to take place on that card. Um, so there were so many big matchups that... And I, me, low-key, people look at WrestleMania 8 as an underwhelming WrestleMania. As a kid, you and I watched it. I loved it. Sure. I thought it was cool. Sure. Um, but I thought Savage and Jake deserved a better payoff than a Saturday night's main event that took place following us. Absolutely. I mean, the king of intent. I don't think anybody was more intense than Savage. No. The king of intensity. Yeah, right. at that time, oh yeah. These two, they're dancing. Look at this, look at this. Already, Starting no music, Savage is, re- yeah, coming out of the bullpen hot. I grabbing mean, Jake from behind. I mean, these guys are selling that storyline big time. How amazing, right? And then, imagine the snake bite on the arm. I heard the snake died after it bit Randy. They so, devenomized the snake. Randy killed the snake. Yes. That's what I heard. They de- Well, yeah, they devenomized the snake, I heard. The story I heard was that they approached Savage about... You know, would you do this? You know, we'll de-venomize the snake. And he, he said, I'll do it. But Jake's got to do it first. And uh, they made Jake take the snake bite. And, you know, it hurt like a motherfucker because he got this animal with its fucking fangs, this reptile, you know, clawing into you. And then Savage did it and... You can see there, there's the bandage on the left arm selling the, the, the snake attack from a few weeks prior, which was one of the fucking most realest things I had ever seen on wrestling. Like, I was like... I was freaked out. Yeah. When you're a kid and you're seeing that, 
You are freaked out. And Savage sold it again. Remember, he got up and he was falling. He's down, trying to fight. Yeah. Trying to get up to Jay. And Vince is on commentary. He's like, that's thing better yeah. be defenomized. Yeah. That better be defenomized. Like Piper ran down. Elizabeth ran down. They had officials down there. That's like, a great angle. You could tell, like, though, if you go back and you watch it, that that snake was was on its, like, it, it reached its, its, it was on its last legs because, like, Jake was trying to, like, like, Wiggle the snake around. This thing looked like it was dead. It looked like he was taking a rubber garden hose and like <laughs> was just like shaking it around, like trying to like shake the water out of it. Would you have let that snake bite you? If that mother, if I saw that motherfucker was devenomized, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. I would have done it. It would have sucked, but I would have done it. Not, not eight year old me. Eight year old me would have said no. Thirty nine year old Dave Rosenbluth would have said, "Hell yeah, I'll do it." There you go. Just gonna make money. Yeah. If I'm getting a little bonus. There you go. Which I wonder if that was even the case. I don't know if that was the case. But these two are some of the absolute best at what they are doing. I got to agree with you, Dave. I think they did not get the uh, the closing to the storyline. Look at these two go, go at it. The intensity selling the same storyline, right? But the arm, yeah. Good guy. He's selling the arm. They, the I, gotta, I really got to agree with you there. I don't think this got the big finish. Now, do you remember what happened at the end of this match? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. When you when, when you go, all right, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but when you see the and I'll put the audio up for the, for what takes place at the end of this match, the post match angle. When you watch that, then you will undoubtedly 100% agree with me. Not that you already, not that you don't already, but you will 100% undoubtedly agree that there was no proper payoff for this match after the post after you see the post match angle. Like, this should have gone on for months and months and months and months. Now, this was a pay-per-view? Yes, this was a pay-per-view. Okay, so were they trying to use the Macho and Jake as the payoff for this pay-per-view? That could have been it, too. No, I because they I don't think so, only because they did have a rematch on Saturday night's main event in February of 1992. Jake so, and Macho. Jake and Macho, yes. Wow, okay. And that was the, that was the blow-off for wow. their angle, which no. set up Jake and Undertaker. Wow. Okay. If you remember, Jake was waiting behind the curtain with the chair. Yep. Yep. Savage and Elizabeth were going to come through. Jake's telling the cameraman, watch this. I'm going to I'm gonna knock his block off, etc. Elizabeth's right there. You hear Vince on commentary. Like, someone tell them, that, tell them, stop them, stop them. And then all of a sudden, you see Undertaker grab the chair from Jake. And then Savage and Elizabeth split. And that's what set up Undertaker turning babyface and him and Jake at WrestleMania that year. See, look, he's ripping the bandage off. There's still dry blood, what it looks like dry blood, on his arm there from the from the wound, from the snake bite. Yeah, that's that's something else. And I got a great story for you about how Savage handled the post-match angle in real time, in, in, in kayfabe, in real life. Um, because you just got to watch it. You, you, you have to watch it with me. Um but yeah, this was this was a hot angle at the time. Um, I was torn because as a I loved Jake as a babyface, but Randy Savage was my guy. Sure, you know. Sure. So, but what took place post match from this angle? I I I was obviously one hundred percent all in on Randy Savage at that point. Not so, that I didn't, not that I wasn't before, but I really was after after what took place this this post match angle with him and Jake. 
This is right before the uh, Jake left for WCW. Yes. Yeah, he left it. He left after WrestleMania eight. Why did he leave? Why did he really leave? Just it was a money thing. The story I heard, Jake's Jake's departure stemmed from uh, the fact that he was looking to take some time away from the ring, not wrestle as much. And according to Jake, he was promised by Vince an opportunity to um, to be the head booker, the head story writer, because Pat Patterson was retiring. Or he was leaving the company. Pat, I think Pat was retiring, and Jake thought he was going to. Jake thought he, you know his his time was due in that position, and Vince told him no. They were going in a different direction, and that Pat was going to stay. And Jake then held Vince up at the last minute at WrestleMania and said. I won't go out and wrestle Undertaker if you don't let me out of my contract. As we see the elbow drop here for the finish. Randy Savage with the victory. Vindication for the Macho Man. Uh-huh. Now. Two of the best. Ever. This is where it gets it gets really good. Alright, so we got a clean finish. What happens now? So. There will be some post-match shenanigans involving Jake and Savage. Some physicality. Involved. So, what I'm going to ask for you to do, Dean, is to just, I'm going to play the audio. Just sit back and watch. All right. Don't say anything until we're done playing the audio. All right. All right. So, this is going to go on for a few minutes. So, I'm, I'm asking you to just observe because you might remember as we're watching this what's going to take place. But, um, I just want you to observe. And then give me your thoughts. Will do. All right. So I'm going to play the audio right now. So those of you that are listening, we are currently at 30 minutes, 46 seconds and counting. And I'm going to press, I'm going to press the mute button right now. Stop here for a minute. I just muted it for those of you that are that are watching. The stipulation in the match was that Jake wasn't allowed to have any reptiles at ringside. Okay. Okay. Now back to the audio. That move meant something back then. Yeah, it was over. Two DDTs. Referee coming 
Just wait, it gets better.
Good, right? Very good. Wait, gets better. Tell me that the that shouldn't have that, that that should have gone on longer. That their, their rivalry. Absolutely. Hey. The slap to Elizabeth. Oh, you know things are real business when Jack Tunney's out. You don't see that motherfucker for months, except and, for in his ivory tower, and then all of a sudden he shows up. Now let me ask you this. Here's here's I'm going to throw some logic in here, okay? As we're watching this, because sometimes wrestling needs a little logic, right? He bites him with the snake a couple of weeks prior. Sure. The minute Jake grabbed that bag, that crowd, you could hear them go, like, they gasp. Like, no, please, no, not again, right? Sure. Where the fuck was everybody? Where was it? There was one referee in there trying to trying to police that whole thing. Where were, they? Where were the rest of these referees? Where was Pat Patterson? Where was Jack Tunney? Nowhere to be found. All of a sudden, they show up when he slaps the shit out of Elizabeth. Right? Sure. Now... Your honest opinion, which I know you're going to give me a, a, a fair assessment. What did you think of of this, of what we just saw here? So this was it for the angle? No, this wasn't it for the angle. They had a rematch okay. on Saturday night's main event in February of 92. Uh, that's, it was yeah, a TV match. It was blown off on TV. I got to give it to you, man. That that was WrestleMania World. Exactly, Big right? Time. Exactly. I gotta go with you on the cage. Something. I thought it was gonna be blown off like in a cage or whatever. You know what I mean? No disqualification. Something. Especially the slap to Elizabeth. Yeah. I mean. The slap was like, oh, he's gonna kill him. Like he's gonna legitimately kill him on, on television. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, what? First of all, the three of them did a really great job. Yeah. Selling this. Yep. Jake, Macho, and Elizabeth. I got to give praise to Elizabeth, too. Her begging Jake. You never guy. saw her that animated. Like, no, you saw you her didn't. cry. Like, look at him. He's like, look, he's even crying there, too. Like, I'm sorry. Look at that. It's still still going, man. Look at this. Yeah, this is totally WrestleMania. This really should have been a WrestleMania. I got to, I really got to agree with you. Now, here's the other thing about this, right? In real life, Oh, let's play the promo with Jake and Mean Gene. Bonafide psycho Jake Roberts hitting a woman. How could you? A woman? No man wants a woman that's going to lay down and grovel and beg for somebody's life. If it's a woman that I want, I want her to stand up. Stand up and be that. Be what I want. As far as slapping her, yeah, I slapped her. But I'll slap myself. I'll slap you, Gene Oakland. But I'll tell you something, Randy Savage. DDT and you was fine. That really felt good. 
Best feeling I've ever had in my life is when I grabbed a hold of your woman's hair, man, and jerked her up off of her knees. Uh, that was good. And then when I put my hand across her face, my man, it felt so good I should have to pay for that. Yeah, <laughs> I would pay to do that. So the next time you think about crossing this snake's path and a snake chooses his own path where nobody else wants to go, you think about it again. But if you do decide to, please do me one little favor. I'm begging you. Please bring her back. Let me touch her again. Oh, get out of here, please, Robert. I can cultivate her into something that even I could oh, want. Please. Huh? I could do that. Trust me. Trust me. Please. <laughs> I refuse to. Gorilla Monster, wow. get back. Get out of here. Oh, get the hell out of here. Oh, I don't Jesus. Wow. Hey. Why didn't Jake stay for his... He They set him up. He set himself up as such a great heel. Why would he leave? Yeah. Why would he leave even if he was promised that... He was promised a big amount of money in, 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 with Turner. Maybe. Because his father at the time was 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 running things in WCW. His father was a high-ranking executive for WCW, so he, he helped him get a sweetheart deal. Um more money to work less dates. Wow. I mean that, that, that to me, like I said, WrestleMania worthy. Like sure. it. Let, let's put it this way: if him and Savage blew it off at WrestleMania in like a cage, and that was Jake's last match, that would have been like awesome. great, awesome. great work out the sure. door. You know, sure. Like to me, that was just the what? things he was saying in there, and and just now. Do you think in 1991, at that time? That that was crossing the line for kids. I think that was for kids, not not young adults, not teenagers, not you know for so kids. We I'm were catching. We, you were nine years now. old. I was eight when we were watching. this. I'm catching things now. Okay. That I did not catch as a kid. Obviously. Okay. Okay. Just from the snake interview. Okay. I'm like blown away. Yeah. Okay. It's funny what you what you what you were able to catch when you're watching these things as you're older. The things that they say, you know. Um, like the, the, the innuendos and the sure. little double entendres sure. and things like that. You go back and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, Absolutely. Now I get that. Now I understand Absolutely. This. At nine years old, I didn't understand the fucking thing I wouldn't have said. understood anything yeah. of what Jake just said at, yeah. at nine, right? Eight or nine. But, I mean, what would a heel run have looked like early 90s of Jake Roberts if he didn't go to WCW? That would have been In WWF? In WWF. During that heel run, with that setup, that would have been... Good God. There's a lot of stars that have to align, I feel like, in order for that to be successful. Like before it was before it was made public that Hogan was leaving after that WrestleMania, again when he wrestled Sid. Sure. In my head, I pictured Hogan and Jake because we never saw it at that time. It was toyed around and it was experimented with in the in the eighties on like the house shows. And I think they did an angle on TV where Jake DDT Hogan on the snake pit, but the crowd popped for it. And Vince said, nope, we're not doing it. But that Jake Hogan in 92, that would have been interesting. That would have been huge. That would have been big. I don't. Now the question is, would, would they have loved Jake? Because Hogan in 92, you were starting to hear some, some, some boos a little bit here and there. Depending on what towns they were in, when Hogan wrestled like guys like Sid, um, 
I think Jake, would some of those same crowds be receptive to Jake and then you know turn on Hogan or was Jake's was this work that Jake just did with Savage would that have put him over the top as a top heel? I think he would have been a top heel, and I think we would have seen the Attitude Era in '92, and you would have seen Jake as the head heel getting. Uh, a ton of a pop for the bad guy, I think Jake would have set it off. I think Jake would have been that guy to set it off. We would have seen the Attitude Era years earlier. Interesting. As he handed the ball to Stone Cold, too. Interesting. Right? But do you think some of the other cartoonish characters during that time frame in 92, you know, late 91, you know, into 92, would have lasted in there? In, if, if we saw an Attitude Era-esque programming during that time because i mean are you yeah, jake and undertaker which sure. were a little bit darker sure savage was timeless Sa- Sa- oh, savage was yeah. timeless piper was pretty edgy brett was on the come up sean had just sean just turned sean heel. just turned heel and he was like the pretty boy but like the had like the the hairband motley crew kind of sure. look to him yeah, Dean, I'm not going to lie. Looking at some of those guys in that roster at that time, I mean, you eliminated a few, like the Berserker. Yeah. Get rid of Repo Man. Because that was uh, Barry Dorso, right? Yep. Oh. Which he's on this show. Sure. In a tag match with DiBiase against Virgil and El Matador, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's after this match here. We're watching watching Davy Boy and Warlord, by the way. Timestamp for you. 47 minutes, 15 seconds and counting as Davy Boy's got Warlord wrapped up in the ropes. Um, Dean, I'm not going to lie, dude. A 1992 Attitude Era, I could kind of see that. Not so full-blown over the top, but a little more edgier. For 92. I mean, think about it. You know what? Now that you mention it, if you go back and you think about it, they they were... Planting seeds and toying around with different edgier content because it was six months prior. Sure. Sergeant Slaughter was an Iraqi sympathizer in the middle sure. of the Gulf War. Sure. I mean, you don't get edgier than that. Yeah. Going against the country. Yeah. Is edgier than. And Sergeant Slaughter was, you know, fucking G.I. Joe, Mr. USA for such yeah, a long absolutely. time. So, you think about that. Yeah. I can, I can, I can get behind it. I like that. Uh-huh. I can get behind it. I mean, even Jake's promo just now, the things I caught as an adult that it totally passed me by as a kid. Yep. Good God, I could, I could have paid for that. You're grabbing your wife up by the hair from the knees. Jerked like her up thing, from the knees. You know? yeah. he, mean, had, he had a way of delivering things, his promo. The things his you catch now. Yeah. You, you were looking don't. at me when he said that, too. You I'm, were like, I'm and like I was like, I know exactly away. what you're talking about, dude. dude. I <laughs> am like blown away. Yeah. I mean, if anybody could have done it, it's Jake. I don't think Jake ever, as great as Jake was, I don't think anybody ever let Jake be even more Jake. Because I, I, looking back now at Jake, I think Jake was one of the greatest ever. Good God. I, I Jake's in that Good short God. list of guys that were, the were. if you make a Mount Rushmore of the greatest to never be the world champion, he's up there. Absolutely. You put him, you put Roddy Piper, you put Scott Hall. Sure. And that fourth could be interchangeable. Sure. It could be a Kurt Henning. It could be a Rick Rude. It could be... Uh, there's a you know a multi a Ted DiBiase. There's a multitude of guys that sure. that are on that that greatest of all time to never wear the heavyweight title. Yeah. Um, 
Like Davy Boy. Here's another one too. Um, Davy Boy in a singles role, 1991. Him and Warlord here. They had a they had a pretty fun match at WrestleMania earlier this year, um, in 1991. Um, can we give props to Gorilla real quick? Yeah, yeah. The immovable force. Let me think the immovable object. The irresistible force. Oh, the excuse me, object. excuse me. Okay, but... Compared to... The, we're to that's, that's, that was the line from Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania 3. But, I mean, it's I'm sure he probably dropped the line in, in this match here. Um, Just love And then Davey snorted the line off of Gorilla's dog. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You've been watching Jake the Snake, my man. Just a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit. These two are like two behemoths going at it. The Warlord, what's your take on the Warlord and David? Do you think um, these guys got their due as big men? Um, all right, so let me. So when it comes to Warlord, he was an impressive looking dude, okay? When you look at him, you're like, how can you not be impressed by his size? He still looks that. Yeah. Today, too. Yeah. There's a great story that Kevin Nash once told that Shawn Michaels was. Shawn Michaels was in the locker room with the Warlord, and the Warlord told him to uh, inject him with uh, some of that stuff that's illegal. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels went to go put the needle in his ass cheek, and it couldn't move, and he was like, dude, I think you're full. <laughs> um, but Warlord... Warlord was so big and impressive that, like, as a kid, I always wondered, like, why he didn't wrestle for the title. Because he was sure. such a big monster. Like, why didn't he have, like, a, sure. maybe a small run against Hogan? Or even, like, Ultimate Warrior. That would, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could have seen that Like, match I'm not saying sure. the matches would have been great. But for on sure. paper, when you look at them across from each other, you're like, sure. why didn't these two have them? You know? Like, sure. Warrior was all about the intensity. And, you know, and the Warlord was all about his power. Like, seeing Warlord put the Ultimate Warrior in a full Nelson and Warrior kind of losing his shit and he's trying to break out of it. And same thing with, like, a Hogan, too. Like, I... I you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just kind of... I'm not baffled as to why it didn't happen, but I've always wondered, like, man, he's... When you look at him, especially... You know, I'm picturing this as 8-year-old Dave Rosenbluth. You look at him and you're just like, how is he not the heavyweight sure. champion? Or how sure. is he not wrestling, like, a Hulk Hogan? Or, you know what sure. I mean? But now you look at him and you're like, all right, I get why. Because he wasn't that good. <laughs> you know? I mean, look who's his manager. Harvey Whippleman. He went from slick to Harvey Whippleman. I mean, that's, you know, going from the penthouse to the outhouse. These two are, like, I think great in their own right, though. You know? Uh, today it seems like everybody's a, a superstar, right? But yeah. I think back then we knew who was who on the roster. But now looking back, I think all the old cats were all the superstars and the new guys on the roster i can't name five wrestlers right now I yeah because i mean you don't watch as much so i don't think i could name five really that's how far, that's how far out you are okay um, i get rocks, it the rocks cousin i think is great roman reigns roman reigns yep. i think you know should get there right it, did he's he the, did he get it yet he's the champ okay cool. so he's the, he's the top cool. dog right now cool. he's he's the he, he's he's in the you know the the main event spot. He got his time. That's really yeah. good. That's really cool. As he should. Yeah. Coming from that kind of legacy, too. You know? And I think the guy's great. The look's there. Everything's there. Yeah, he's got a good look and a presence. And, I mean, it's taken a little to really develop him. Um, because they tried so hard to make him a good guy. And the people just rebelled sure. for such a long period of time. Um, but now they found something with him. And... I mean, his character progression really developed during COVID when there was no audience. 
and they're wrestling in front of nobody. Um, and it just it just took off from there once, you know, all crowds came back. But Davey Boy, as far as I'm concerned, another guy that, unfortunately, he had some missteps with, with um, some extracurricular activities that prevented his runs. Sure. But he's another one that, like, I looked at as a kid and I was like, well, how is he not going to be the world champion? Sure, you know? but this full Nelson is going on a real long time. Yeah, they're really milking this one. It's... I don't even think it's full anymore. Yeah, like, like Warlord's got his ears. He doesn't even have the hands locked behind his yeah. head. The ref should have been calling, go home, guys, go home. Yeah. This is, this, this is kind of losing. And Warlord right missed spray tan in his legs because... Uh, Actually, they didn't have spray tan back then. This was 1991. This was 31 years ago. They See, he doesn't have... even have his hands locked. He's he's got he's giving Davy Boy earmuffs right now. This, um, this Nelson's been going on way too long. Go home, guys. Yeah, go home. But Bulldog is another guy that, looking at him at eight years old, and I was like, yeah, he should be the champ. He's such a big dude well, and so powerful. And well, he had to run as an IC champ with Brett. You know, he um, beat Brett at, sure. at SummerSlam in Wembley in '92. Which is probably the his, his greatest career accomplishment ever, but could you see him as heavyweight? I don't, I don't um, know. do you think he carried that ball? I don't, I don't know. I think. In yeah, I do. Honestly, before not, they went to Wimbledon, I think it would have been a great move. I, I Going think take Davy as a heavyweight champ. That would have been cool. I think after Hogan and those guys, when they were phasing like Hogan and Savage out, and they were going with younger with like Brett and Sean. Sure. Razor, like, had Davey stayed around, had he not gotten fired, he probably would have been their big international star. Sure. They probably would have given them the belt, like, transitional runs. Sure. Like, he wouldn't be champion longer than, like, a couple of months. Of course. But, but they would put him with guys that they knew he could have good matches. Not saying he was a bad wrestler, because I think He Davey, was very good. He was very good. He was, a, I think Davey Boy is probably one of the best all-around performers. He can wrestle. He can, he can fly at times. He's got the power, like here with this this uh, standing vertical suplex to the warlord. If he's got the right dance partner, these two aren't quite connecting like I would have hoped. But it's not terrible either. No, it's not. A, it's a great match. They're both doing great. It's no disrespect to either yeah. one of them. Certainly, I'm not a wrestler. I couldn't do anything of what these two are doing. So it's all respect and love. Yeah. But um, I think the warlord was great. I think Davey I think was great. We're setting up for the power slam here. I don't think this is what I would have had in my head. Right? For Ooh. this match. Oh, good One, finish. Come on, two. finish. Kick out. Oh, that would have been great to call it. This match is getting long. I think it, it is a little long in the tooth, isn't it? I think it, that would have been a great time to call it. But they're going to let David. Oh, I think right? this is the there finish here. I think he's going to set there him up. He's go. going to cradle. Two, three. There we go. All right, so we we're off by a couple of seconds. Davey Boy with the victory. I'm not sure I understand. Siri doesn't understand. Siri doesn't understand wrestling at all. Siri, it's okay. You still on, bitch? No, you're good. Oh, don't yeah. talk to her like that. Sometimes she's interrupted a few of these podcasts. You gotta tell Sarah you love her, otherwise. Yeah, but then it's good. But then I'll randomly be with my wife, and then she'll be like, "I love you too," and then my wife will fucking lose my mind, and she'll kill me in front of Siri. But it's Siri. Yeah, I mean it's not like that's true. It's only Siri. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll let you tell my wife that. Um, I, 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 okay, yeah, no. Yeah, that's not the hill you want to die on, pal. Davy Boy, the British Bulldog, um, with the victory over the Warlord. You think he's on natural? Do you think he did? Oh Otherwise. God! I mean, are you kidding me? Like he's on—he's on the Jenny Craig Nutrislim diet here. You know what? 
Here's Randy Savage promo from the G. Shut up! But Randy Savage, I'm just as upset over what took place out there as you are. No, he's the not, grand actually. Elizabeth, the Great Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Oh, the it. The Great Elizabeth, Snake the Great in her, yeah. And I'll never forgive myself. It's the worst day of my life that I let him get her. You laid your hands on Elizabeth. You laid your hands on Elizabeth. It's my fault. It's my fault. Man, you, you said you said something about hanging. Would you show you the dark side? Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. I'm gonna get you, man. Yeah, I'm gonna get you, and there ain't gonna be no stopping me, man. I'm gonna get you because trust me, I said that you already got what you wanted here. Yeah. You know I didn't even get a piece of you. Nostalgia factor, but it was just better than. Oh, 100%. Just better. 100%. It made you believe. There was also this one thing called the internet that wasn't around in 1991 either that you have to take. It was, but it was just for the army. It wasn't quite out to the public. Really? In 91? It was definitely. Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely available. It was still dial up. But I um, I knew some people who had it. Really? Yes. Actually, in the 80s, going back to the 80s. Holy cow. They were like tech job people. Okay, so they saw the future before the future saw the future. They did see it. They absolutely did. But this is, um, I just think it was better back then. Maybe it's the nostalgia. I think it's a lot of it is the nostalgia, but I think it was just so much better back then. Oh, there was definitely, I mean, it made you believe more. There wasn't, there wasn't like 80 hours of wrestling a week on TV. You had maybe like two or three shows. They... You didn't see everybody on TV every week. Guys weren't overexposed. Who's the... I mean, besides Roman Reigns. I mean, Dean Ambrose is cool. Now he's he's, he's, he's on AEW now. He's John Moxley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, AEW, I think, could take the throne of WWE if they don't shape the rock. Yeah, I don't know about that. No? I don't know about that. I, I they, they've, they've catered to a... It's like it's like saying like Universal Studios is going to or Six Flags is going to to oust Walt Disney. Not going to you know? happen. Not going to happen. WWE has cornered their market. They've branded. They're like Coca-Cola. It's a brand, sure. you know? Sure. And there's things about AEW I do like. I've said this before on this podcast and I've gotten into arguments with folks about 
you know, what I don't like about it. And it's, it's, I think WWE is, like I said, it's the Walt Disney of, of wrestling. Sure. I agree with you. You know, there's theatrics, there's entertainment. They, they, it's, it's a variety show in a sense. And AEW is purely wrestling. Okay. Where does WWE go from there? The, I think I, on, so Steph's in control. Stephanie Steph and Triple in. H are in, are, are in control. Um, Vince is gone. Although there have been stories recently that he's looking to make a comeback, but okay. that might scare away a lot of sponsors. And he's also currently got a lawsuit pending with um, a female okay. that he that allegedly was sexually assaulted by him uh, back in '85. Um, where do they go? Um, Trying to stay on the curve of, of what's out there in pop culture while at the same time honoring and respecting the sports entertainment model while keeping within the pro wrestling realm. I think they got to serve many masters, but I think there needs to be more consistency in their storytelling, and I think we've seen that. I also think there needs to be some some more character development. Give me a reason to care about this person, not just because they just show up on TV and they wrestle in a match. I want something that's gonna that's gonna make me care about them. You sure. know, whether it's whether they and this is just for argument's sake. Whether they they give me a character of like a former Marine or a, or a military veteran or whatever, and he fought in the war and he's got PTSD and he's this you know you know. United States hero on this comeback trip. Like, give me something sure. to sink my teeth into as to why I need to care about this person. You know, don't just throw two guys on TV and have them wrestle and let the audience decide because sure. that doesn't always work. You know, throw. Give me a reason to give a shit. What is he? What is he about? What's this character about? Sure. Give him you more know? backstory. On exactly. That, and then throw it to the audience. Yeah. And let them do what they want. I don't think we okay. see enough of that. Okay. Cool. You know. Cool. Um, let these guys also find their range and develop, and let them develop as performers and as characters, and don't micromanage everything. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit. I know you don't watch current WWE, but I think we do see a little bit of that with some of these guys. Triple H does let them have a little bit more creative freedom when it comes to what they're going to say in their in their promos, where it's not it's not scripted or micromanaged like for the last fifteen years how it's been, where guys will. Guys will talk and you could close your eyes and listen to a guy in an interview and not know who he is because they all sound the same. Sure. The same I, delivery, the same cadence, the same tone, you know. Um, I had seen some of the old timers saying that, that everything was scripted. It was more writers. Yeah. Getting away from wrestling. Yeah. I have also heard uh, finishes where a lot of the moves don't mean anything anymore. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. And as, and as big a fan as I am of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker from WrestleMania 25... Which is still, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling match of all time. The the era of false finishes came from that match. Undertaker had kicked out of a couple of super kicks. Shawn Michaels kicked out of a tombstone. Like then it became like it, it became a thing where guys kicking out of each other's finishes made the finish look like crap. Like and and you can even go as far back as even further than that. When it came to oh look at me, I just knocked over all my toys because I hit my. Hands on the desk. Um, 
you have like the DDT, for instance. I just I mentioned it earlier. Sure. The DDT, you knew it was done. It meant something. It was, it was it meant something. It was a wrap. Now everybody does the DDT. Everybody does a super kick. And they get up from it. And they get up from it. Like I'll tell you this much, though. I know you don't watch a whole lot of wrestling, but if you were if you were to watch a lot of AEW, all the things that we're talking about, you it would drive you nuts. Really? I think it would. Yeah, you'd see a couple of cool moves and some flips and whatever, but you see them kicking out of thirty-two serper kicks and a bunch of tornado DDTs and you know yeah, planches no. and things like that and no. you know, but then like a schoolboy roll up with the tights is the finish. I, you'd be like, huh? Like, it would drive you nuts. And I'm not saying it drives me nuts. Because I think AEW serves a purpose for the hardcore, diehard wrestling fans. Sure. Even, and there's uh, things about it that I do like that I watch. There's guys that I... There, there are some consistencies within their storytelling. I'll say that. That they... But I, I feel like they're, they're overcrowded. They have way too big of a roster. Sure. Way too big. Even... Um, uh, NWO, I guess. NWA. Uh huh. Started to make a comeback. Yeah, right? Billy Corgan which, which purchased really the, cool. the, the the brand. Yeah. I think that's very cool. I mean, WWE's king of the hill. They've always been the big dance. Yep. Right? The big show. The yep. big dance, which is awesome. You can't be the big dance without other federations yep. that exist. It's nice that other federations are on the block and also gives the younger guys coming up. Yep. Places to go. Yeah. To do their art. 100%. Stuff, right? 100%. But um, I don't know where, how do you bring it back? Do you bring it back? Is it the today's fan you thought of the aerial maneuvers that they're doing? Do you bring it back? Can you bring it back? To do you bring what back? Um, when the moves meant something. Right? You can. Finishes and you can, how yeah. How would you transition that? I mean, you, you, you can. You would just have to. It, it, it's. It's all based on the performer, and it's all based on how they how they present themselves in the ring and how they construct their matches, and not feeling like they it's a it's a different generation too, you know. Sure. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, like by any means that these guys. How do I put it? Um, it's not bad that these guys are looking to entertain and excite the crowd. They just do it a different way than the performers, you know, of sure. this era have. Sure. You know, they and what gets lost in the shuffle is things not mattering, like moves. You Probably know? like it to a young kid like we were. Mm-hmm. Current WWE is amazing, and they probably love. Oh yeah, love the current day as much as we loved. This oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. I mean, I think that's totally their target market. Is it's the kids? Is kids, right? You I mean, I've gone kids, to WWE right? shows in the last few years, and you see the kids. You look around, and you know, I'm older, so I get you know a little more nostalgic, and I have a little bit more of a soft spot than I used to. And you see the kids, you know, with their John Cena hats, sure. and you know, dressed up like John sure. Cena, and you're Absolutely. like, that was me, that was me. Hulk yeah. Hogan. Absolutely. In 1989. Absolutely. You know? So they're they still king of the block. They have their formula. Yeah. That works. Yep. Because you know? um, they, they know that you got two kids that are in family, you know, two boys or a boy and a girl. And 
excuse me, yawning here. I shouldn't be yawning. Um, two boy, you know, two kids, and you get the parents, and you know you're gonna get a couple hundred bucks. They so, go to a show. It's like going to a ball game. Butts and seats, man. You know, you get you, you. You buy two tickets. Let's say you buy four tickets. Let's say mom, dad, and the two kids. You buy four tickets, and um, that's you know, say three hundred bucks there, right? Sure. And you're gonna get something to eat. You know, that's probably another fucking sixty bucks there. And then, oh, Dad, I want a shirt. Oh, I want a hat. No, I want a Roman Reigns wristband. No, I want, you know, How a Brock Lesnar. T-shirts are like, T-shirts go for like a little over 30 bucks, sometimes $35. Wow. Yeah. I remember talking a guy into selling me a Hulk Hogan bandana for $5. Yep. That's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the yeah. Harvard Civic Center. Way back. I think their formula works. You know, I don't think they're catering to uh, our age bracket. I think it's it's always been towards the kids, as we were that market. Yep. Right. And some yeah. of us still tune in. Some of us don't. Some of us. But I think the, their formula certainly works. As King of the Block, they are the Walt Disney, as, as you said. Yeah. Of wrestling, the yeah. WWE. What happens now? We don't. We don't know. I think it's good. Uh, maybe not the way that they phased Vince out, but I mean Vince isn't going to live forever, right? So I also think too his his, his his ideas and his formulas were very outdated. You know, I think there were time. I think there's been plenty of missed opportunities for. I'm not saying Vince is solely to blame, but plenty of missed opportunities for the progression of certain certain guys over the years. Because for whatever reason, Vince didn't see anything out of. I, well, I mean, do you think he gave him a chance too? Um, did he give him a long enough run? Did he? I mean, he's you know Vince. Vince is basically pro wrestling. He's but, stuck in his ways. But uh, I, I just think I, I just think when Vince doubles down on something, like there's no turning back. Like he's not gonna fucking wave the flag and be like, all right, guys, you know what? I was wrong about that one. Like, he's going to push hard. Like, for instance, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was, you know, he wanted Roman Reigns to be a baby face. And for the short term, it started to work. But once you started seeing Roman Reigns getting crammed down the you know fans' throats every week, the hero, and you didn't really get to know him on a personal level from a character standpoint, people just... Started calling bullshit. And then, of course, you know, you got fans that are very vocal. And the, 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 the advent of social media and... You need some profit, buddy. The hate... The, yeah, I know, right? I just had two cups this morning before you got here. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I'm having coffee. Um, then just the, the, the reactions to him just exploded. And they would try so hard. They would, you know... They would, they would try to divide the audience. Oh, Sherry with the shot for the, the high heel... I oh, another man-on-woman violent act of... Oh, but there's the repo man with a knee to the kidney. I think there it is. I think we need the managers back. What happened to the managers? We need managers. Oh, we got a winner here. DiBiase and Repo Man pull out the victory over El Matador, Tito Santana, and Virgil. We were talking over that whole match. It was all right. Um, we got the main event coming up. Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, WWF title. It's an odd pairing, though. Repo Man and... 
Very well, the, if you remember, Virgil beat DiBiase for the million dollar belt. Yeah. Then they had a rematch. And Repo Man stole the million dollar title from Virgil to get it back to DiBiase. All right, there we go. There so that was why they teamed together. How um, Burrito Boy got involved at Matador, I don't know. How you remember this, I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Speaking of remembering, let's hear from Hulk Hogan and Mean Gene. A rematch this Tuesday in Texas. We are in Texas. This is Tuesday. Hulk Hogan, I want your thoughts because moments from now, you're going to be meeting The Undertaker for the World Wrestling Federation title. Well, you know something, Mean Gene? As far as me and all my little holsters go, brother, this is going to be the greatest, the happiest day in the history of this beautiful thing we call Hulkamania, brother. Oh, yeah, Survivor Series. Me and all my little teeny holsters felt The Undertaker slowly stalk Hulkamania. We felt him slowly squeeze the life and breath out of Hulk Hogan, brother. But after Ric Flair interfered, man, after they dropped me in the tombstone right on the steel chair, in the one, two, three was like the shot that was heard around the world. The real survivors were all those little teeny Hulkamaniacs out there, brother. That as they saw Hulk Hogan wrenching in pain on that canvas in the center of the ring, the real survivors were the little teeny holsters that still had their heads high, brother. That still had smiles on their faces and still believed in the four demands of the training, the prayers, the vitamins, and believed in ourselves. And because we believe in ourselves, Jack Tunney took recognition immediately and rebooked this match Tuesday in Texas, brothers, with Jack Tunney watching our back, Hulkamaniacs. Ric Flair, stay out of my face. It's between me and The Undertaker. And as far as all my little holsters go, I'm Hulk Hogan, brother, the designated hitman for all my Hulkamaniacs. All these years I've been leading the pack, and I promise to all those little holsters that stood by me in the Survivor Series, that this Tuesday in Texas, when the largest arms in the world, brother, come crashing down on The Undertaker, the WWF title will be back right where it should be, right around the waist of Hulk Hogan. And Undertaker, what you gonna do when Hulk Hogan buries you right here in Texas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get back to the ring. <laughs> As a kid, you swore he was talking to you. Yeah, because <laughs> you were one of the whole commanders. Because you look, his, pretty brilliant. You looked right into that TV screen. He came through at you through that screen. Pretty brilliant. I got a question for you. So, as a big Hulkamaniac, because I know you were, did you have a hard time as a Hulkamaniac adjusting to life without Hulk Hogan? In wrestling during this era, because this is where like Undertaker had gotten a big like you never saw Hogan lose, and then Undertaker beats him at Survivor Series, and you're like, oh my god! And then you could start to see that they were not back then, but now. Was there ever a period of time as a fan when you were watching, especially as a Hulkamaniac, where you were like, like, is this really the end of Hulk Hogan? And, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, well, we we had. Uh... Rewind two years prior, right? We got accustomed to seeing Hulk get beat with the Warrior. Right? Okay, yep. In 92, yep. Right? Did I think Hulk was going to leave the business as a kid? No, mm -hmm. right? So now seeing Hulk get beat, okay, he got beat. I, I didn't realize it was a clean finish. As a kid, you don't realize clean finish, bad finish. You're just like, hey, yeah. that was Yeah, cheating. he lost. Yeah. He lost, oh my God, right? Yeah, we weren't, you know, nine years so, old, like, you know, 
Oh damn, he jobbed him out. Yeah, yeah. You know? we, we didn't know the terminology. Yeah. Right? Which I think made it more um exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like hundred percent. It was like looking back the curtain of uh, flipping back the curtain of Oz. Right? Yeah. Like but um I don't know. I, yeah, I missed him. I thought some of the the guys coming up. I thought Undertaker was huge, man, because I I remembered seeing him briefly in WCW. Yes, mean Mark Callis. When I ca- saw him in WWF as a kid, WWE as a kid, you I can call it WWF. Was, I don't care. He was awesome. They're not uh, gonna sue us. Walking on the rope. Yes. Like I had you ever seen that? No, never. So I mean, seeing this guy beat Hulk was like, whoa, okay. But seeing Hulk leave, yeah, it was a hard transition as a kid. Yeah. How about for you? It was. 100%. Um, Hogan losing at Survivor Series. And then, spoiler alert, he's, he's... Oh, look at this. It's a double team. I don't remember seeing Paul Bear in a match before. That's... Oh, here we go. Boom. Ramming the heads together. Uh, it didn't really Classic phase Undertaker. Hulk. Undertaker was kind of like... He kind of had the... The, he was immune to he was the, still yeah he was still headshots yeah he was still in his like immune to everything yeah this kind of worked man this really put the Undertaker I think it was cool of Hulk to put the Undertaker over well, you it's met funny. the Undertaker right I did I what met him was with, his take on this I didn't ask him I just took a picture with him and said thanks and gotcha you know. but um what's your take on it well there's a story I wanted to mention to you speaking of uh, takes hot take Jack Tunney over here sitting ringside. He's going to be involved heavily in the finish of this match. But um, there's a story that I had heard recently. There had been for years like speculation that Undertaker and Hogan had some beef following these couple of matches here. And I guess according to Undertaker, after the finish at Survivor Series, Hogan went to him and was like, hey dude, Next time when you you know deliver that tombstone, you got to take it easy. You really jack my jack my neck up. Mm. You know you were a little too close to the mat or hit the mat or whatever, something to that effect. I don't have word for word. We just saw. Did you see his head hit the mat? Well, that's my point. The Undertaker was like baffled by it, and I guess him and Hogan went back and and, and looked at the video, and Hulk. And Undertaker was like, your head didn't even touch the mat. What are you talking about? And then Hulk kind of backtracked, according to Undertaker. And was like, oh, well, my shoulders hit your knees, which jacked up my neck and blah, blah, blah. And then Undertaker right there just kind of, at that point, in his mind, he realized, okay, I can't trust Hogan. And then I've heard stories over the years, and I, you know, I've never been able to confirm it because I'm not a legitimate reporter. I'm just a wrestling fan that's doing a podcast here, recounting stories that I've heard. But I guess Undertaker felt that the finish to this match here that we're watching from this Tuesday in Texas um, was a political move on Hogan's part um, and derailed his run as the champion, which... Undertaker legitimately had a cup of coffee with the title here. And he wouldn't see the WWF Championship until 1997. That's how far back. Well, uh, That's how far he he, he had to wait to to be the champion again. But... Did Hogan... If Hogan knew he was leaving, he should have done the honors for the Undertaker, right? 
Well, yeah, but who knows if he if he knew he was leaving at this point? I don't think he did. I think he knew he was. I mean, I looking back now, and really, I'm just hearing uh, in different interviews that Hulkamania was losing steam at that time. Yep. But I, I didn't see it as a kid. I Same. didn't feel it as a kid. I Same. Like, yeah, it's Hulk, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I didn't see it as Same. a kid. But if he knew he was leaving, you know, putting the Undertaker over would have been cool. Again, Vince had the last say. Yep. Nothing's going to get by without Vince. Correct. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, why not do a run with Hulk and The Undertaker a long run? If he did jack his neck up or whatever he's saying in different interviews or whatever it is. I mean, it's basically as simple as this. You got the older guy who's trying to hang on to his spot, the young guy who wants his spot, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But if they could have done business, that could have been great. Imagine a Hulk... If you weren't going to do Flair Hulk, which I still to this day don't understand why they Same. do that at WrestleMania 8, a Hulk Hogan Undertaker at WrestleMania could have been amazing. Yeah. And if Hulk was leaving to do the honors for the Undertaker, that would have been... That would have been very cool. interesting. Really? Cool. I also think, too, that kind of going back to your, 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 your attitude era remark that you made in, in the Jake match... I think the audience was starting to get behind Undertaker a little bit. Big time. It, you know? Everybody so liked Undertaker. I think that's why you saw um, him turn on Jake and help Savage, which derails, in my mind, the, the, the WrestleMania blow-off that Savage and Jake should have had from the get-go. Okay. Um Yeah, honestly, I don't. I I'm 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 on the fence about Hogan and Undertaker in an extended run during this era, because I think like like we've like you just mentioned in hindsight, Hogan was losing steam. He wasn't as popular, and if they fed him to Undertaker anymore. Whatever golden eggs the goose had left to lay, they would have blown that opportunity. Whereas them giving us a little bit of Hogan and Undertaker, they kind of get an idea of where Undertaker stands in fans' minds. They kind of get an idea of where Hogan stands in fans' minds. Thus, I think this was the beginning of, all right, let's give him a break. Sure. And let's revisit this. And... Hogan, there's a lot of different theories behind why Hogan and Flair didn't happen. Politics, the steroid trial, Hogan leaving. What's the point of Hogan and Flair for the title if you're going to have Hogan win it only to drop it later? Like, you know, or, or, well, what's, what are we watching? Are well, yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, I know. But I mean, I don't think they would have yeah, done the, it again. The two biggest stars of wrestling at that time in their primes. Hogan and Flair, yeah. Hogan and Flair. Why yeah. don't you do... Macho was great. Don't misunderstand me. Yeah. The angle was great, too. With the, with the magazines, yeah. It is in everybody's heads. I've heard even former pro wrestlers wondering why. I've heard people asking the question. I've heard... Um, can't think of the gentleman's name, but he does a podcast. He was Brother Love. What's his name? Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Sorry about that. Um, and even Bruce has 
commented on it, but I still think the fans would have loved to see that. Oh, I do too. Okay. Just their excuse was that they tested it out on the live event market and it didn't draw as well as they they, they anticipated, which I, I call bullshit on that well, one. Well, I mean, I, I call bullshit. On I would have bought a ticket for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. I call if that bullshit. That came to on the Hartford Civic Center. How many lawns would you have mowed for that ticket? Oh, I was eight. I didn't do any. I, I would have just begged my parents. I didn't. I wasn't into the manual labor thing at eight years old. I would have raked <laughs> leaves. I would have mowed lawns. And yeah. I would have gotten that ticket. Yeah. Right. I would have been one of the butts in those. Yes. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. So even, I don't know. I really don't know why it didn't happen. I think that would have been amazing. I think for the WCW to capitalize on on that, I think that was very smart. Oh yeah, that was I yeah. Think that, they got. What Hogan's first match there, and he and he's he, he's facing off with Flair, their biggest get their their biggest draw. Yeah, that was that I mean, was that, easily yeah. That was the first thing they did great, I think. Yeah. WCW. Yep. How do you not do that? I think everyone was on board for that. Oh yeah, I think they had to. Um, and there wasn't too many. There really weren't too many times that WCW did something that. The WWF at that time didn't do. I mean, Hogan and Flair, like I said, they wrestled on the live events. They were, they were, you know, they ran the Garden in, in New York and they were the major markets, too. but they didn't have anything on TV in a in a singles match. It was announced that they were going to have a match at WrestleMania for the title, but then they interjected the whole Sid thing. And like I said, there's different theories. Hogan was going to leave because of the steroid trial. But Hogan and Flair couldn't come up with an idea for a finish, so they decided not to do the match. But then if Hogan did win the title, he was going to leave after that. So what was the point of him winning the title only to have to vacate it kind of thing? So there was all these different theories, even the live event theory. Oh, they didn't draw well in the live events. Oh. Question for even some of the older timers like we are right now, mm-hmm. the timer fans, okay? If you played with the action figures as a kid, okay? Totally had that match. The WCW Ric Flair versus... Just over there in that yeah, case. And then the Hogan the one's Hulk. over there. I totally did that match. I did that match with you as kids. I'm sure we, we played did. with the action sure figures. Sure we did. Who else had that match just by the LJN action figures? And Ho- and, and you Hogan. really should have run the WrestleMania 8. I also watched, as an adult looking back now... I did watch one of those matches uh, between Hulk and Rick yep. in the 90s, okay? Yeah. The stadium looked full. It looked like a good draw, unless they were selling the demand, but it did look like a good draw. The crowd looked good, too. I watched, them, I, I, watched the, I watched the match that they had on, it was on, the, on the network here, on the Peacock. They have a section called Old School. Done. So they run. They show a lot of the live events from like Boston Garden and Madison Square Garden sure. and you know sure. LA Forum and things like that. And one of them was in October of '91. Hogan and Flair main event at Madison Square Garden. It was a live event. Um, that was when they used to run the Garden once a month, and they sure. would bring a TV crew there, and they would just film. It never like aired on TV. It might have sure. been like a primetime wrestling match or whatever, sure. but they never put it on TV. How was the draw? I don't. I mean, I don't remember looking at the crowd like too intense because you know the, the house lights would be just centered in the ring. But they all seemed into it. I mean, I don't get it. Like New York's and, and New York's your strongest market for them. So that's that's the litmus test right there. Sure. I um, don't even know if you would have needed to even tested it. I think if you just put them at WrestleMania and gave you a build up, no matches beforehand. Yeah. Those two could have pulled it off. I think so. If anyone else 
Well, maybe not for others, but for those two, come on, Flair Hogan. And they didn't sell out the stadium either in 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 in, in uh, the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. As we see Flair down at ringside, he's going to get himself involved. When was which this sets the table for Royal Rumble? Okay. Okay. Let's play the audio here. Let's go. Should have got the belt back, or do you think Flair should enter Um, I mean, I think this is where we saw the no lead up to WrestleMania eight. Actually, now that we're talking, if Undertaker kept it because of Flair, we would have had a lead up to WrestleMania. Well, with Hogan and Undertaker? No, with Hogan and Flair. So who would have Undertaker so wrestled at if, WrestleMania as the champion? Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, if Undertaker stayed champion, right? Yep. Okay. He lost it somehow for the 92 Rumble. I don't remember how. He lost this? This is how. This is how he so lost this it. Is, okay, so they were putting Rick over. They really should have had Rick jump in or do some. Okay, so now I understand. They didn't do the quite the right setup for eight. 
No, a- and- as we're talking, I'm literally actually, I'm like, why didn't they do WrestleMania? I think we're kind of starting to figure it out. Yeah. Actually. I mean. Because he takes the belt back, right? He grabs Hulk- the belt back from Hulk. Hogan wins, okay? And then because of the involvement of Jack Tunney with Hogan nailing Flair with the chair, Jack Tunney strips Hogan of the title and puts it up for the Royal Rumble. And that's when Flair wins it. That's when Flair wins it. Okay, that makes sense. And so then Flair wins it, and then after he won it, they announced that he was going to wrestle Hogan. There was a press conference, and it was like Hogan, Savage, Piper, Undertaker, and Sid. Those were the top five contenders, and they were all at this press conference. And Jack Tunney announced that Hogan was going to be the one that was going to win, that won the the, the opportunity, and then Sid was mad that Hogan got it over him. Gotcha. After Hogan helped eliminate him in the Rumble. So that's how they set up the seats for Hogan and Sid. So they did the old bait and switch. They teased us with Hogan and Flair. But they gave us Hogan and Sid instead. Which is okay. but I don't remember that match too well. No. The Warrior jumped in at the end. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. But, yeah. you know. The match was alright. Hogan yeah. Flair. Yeah. Bad. You still could have put an egg. I would have preferred Hogan Flair too. I, I definitely would have. Like I said, Hogan Flair... Jake and Savage in a cage. Do Undertaker and Sid, two big guys. Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. I like your pay-per-view, right? Bret Hart and Roddy Piper in a continental title. Those are your top five WrestleMania matches on just that card. I really like your pay-per-view. All right, good. I'm glad you I would have mowed lawns for that (laughs) pay-per-view. I would have robbed Peter to pay Paul to get that pay-per-view. But But anyways, this was a lot of fun, man. Glad we got to watch this. This is a short little banger here. Uh, thanks to Nick Opaluski for uh, requesting this special request as we end 2022 here on Kicking Out at Two. Um, thank you for having me. Real oh, of course. Thank you to your listeners for putting up with me. No, they they, they, they put up me. with me. So I mean, you know, they got to put up with you too. But I appreciate it. Appreciate all the love as we end 2022 on a high note here. Uh, heading into 2023, got some Royal Rumble content for you coming up in the streams. I like I promised next year. Uh, we're going to be watching the 1992 Royal Rumble match. We were supposed to watch it last year, but this basement that I record my uh, my my podcast in wasn't up to up to par. Uh, there were some issues going on down here, so we had to postpone that. But we're going to celebrate it around Royal Rumble time next year in 2023. So, Dean, once again, thank you all so very much. Thank you for having for, me. For being here. It was, this was a pleasure. I had a blast as always. And uh, thank all of you for listening downloading, supporting Kicking Out of Two, supporting Retromania. And uh, I think it's about that time we put this show down for the three count. We'll see you all next year.